Hi, this is Bron Burton, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page. This is Radio Marinara, and we've got a cast of thousands, well, no, four in, uh, in, in the studio. Um, my name is Bron Burton, and... I'm Rex Hunter. Neil Blake. Hey, Neil. And despite rumours I've fallen overboard, the Kevin boy's yeah. here. Hey. <laughs> How are you all? Good, Bron. Good. We're in another studio, though. It's I know. It's a little bit different. So. Lis- listeners kind of won't get this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listeners won't get this, but um, if you're listening, we, uh, we were pretty much always broadcasting from there are three live to air studios at triple r and we usually broadcast from the middle one which is known as studio two and we're in studio one which has uh, natural light and it's kind of a bit weird for us coping with natural light which is kind of ironic given the nature and of our program too yes and oxygen <laughs> Exactly. We all need our sunglasses on, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, this is the final marinara for 2023. We're going to kind of take a bit of a look at what's happening over summer. This is what we usually do and um, play some sort of marine-themed yuletide tracks for you for your enjoyment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Sounds good. Kind of wind down, get ready to, you know. Nothing get, too structured. Get out there. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, and we'll probably run late and miss track three. <laughs> Sit <laughs> on the board shorts. <laughs> which is the marinara tradition as well. Um, so this is our program today. We're shortly going to be crossing to um, New South Wales. You might remember a few weeks ago we had Dr Rip, uh, whose other name is Rob Brander, uh, and he spoke about his new book called Dr Rip's Essential Beach Book. It's an amazing book packed with information about surf, sand, um, and but most importantly, beach safety. So it's how to stay safe when you go to the beach, how to stay safe when you go into the sea, into the ocean. So we're catching up with Dr. Rip again to talk about his top five safety tips for when you're getting onto the beach and into the sea. What should you be looking out for? Even things like rips, because we know to watch out for a rip, but what, what's the telltale sign of a rip? And even that there are different types of rips, yeah. which was uh, fascinating to speak with him about last time. So we'll be speaking with him. Then for a complete change, we're going to jump. This is very exciting. We're going to jump from Sydney to Davis Station in Antarctica, where we're going to be catching up with Cliff Davis, our Antarctic correspondent who is live on location at Davis Station. And no, the station's not named after him. (laughs) Maybe it is. No. Um, So having a chat to Cliff, which is always a great thing, and to... Take a look at what's uh, Christmas like in Antarctica. He's a regular there, isn't he? It's almost yeah. he's got a holiday house in Australia and he lives in Antarctica. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. So what does it look like if you're down on one of the research stations in Antarctica over the festive period? So, yeah, looking forward to catching up with Cliff about that. I've got a weather report from him, which I'll read out in a sec. Um, then we collectively are going to take a look at what's going on over the next six weeks while we're off air. But, you know, this is the whole point. Get out there and get amongst it. And Mm. so you've all brought in a a summary of what you'll be doing, but also what what listeners can do to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Sounds good. A blank look on my face. Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You did get get that memo right, Rex. I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) Writing it down now as we speak. It's all up here. (laughs) (laughs) And Neil, plenty of stuff going on out there. Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, with with, um, beach cleaning and research and all the stuff that you do. Yeah. 
Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and uh, then to see out the year, we're going to extend that conversation of what's happening over the next few weeks to speak with our dive reporters, uh, Myra and Cara. They're going to bring it home and uh, talk about their top 10 or so uh, dive and snorkel locations over the summer months. Mm, where are they going to go? Oh, I know. Yeah. Underwater, I reckon. I reckon. Mm. But, um, you know, things that are accessible for everyone and I'm hoping to be Getting out there and getting amongst it. Um, first dive for quite a long time. For you? Yeah. Oh, when? Yeah, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Sometime in the next six weeks. <laughs> I had um, I had a hip replacement um, just pretty much bang on 12 months ago, so I think I might need medical clearance first. Oh, just get yeah. in there. I know. I might be heavier on one side than the other. <laughs> I might need a lighter weight belt. I don't know. <laughs> How does it work? It might affect you. Affect your compass too, bro. It could do, yeah, because ah, yeah, true. that's right. I got a big, big block of titanium in me now. Anyway, um, so that's our show today. Um, wanted to just make mention of something very important. Um, now, if you've been listening to Radio Marinara for the twenty-seven or whatever it is years that we've been um, doing this program, I think we've just clocked over twenty-seven. One of our long, in fact, I think we've been speaking with him about the marine environment since the very, very beginning. Um, Mark Rodrigue from Parks Victoria, also from Friends of the Bluff. Um, so Mark has retired, and I just wanted to send out a huge um, thank you to him on behalf of all of us here at the Marinara team, but no doubt many of you listening to this program as well. Um, he uh, Just a little bit about Mark. He commenced his role with Parks Victoria as a marine education officer back in 2002, uh, so 22, 21, 22 years ago, um, working in the comms team on a two-year contract. And uh, from there, he went to eventually become um, program leader for Marine and Coasts for Parks Victoria, but has always been a huge advocate and spokesperson for the marine environment and mm. the, the you know the challenges that marine environment faces and and uh, it's just been such a joy. I'm um, sharing the love. You might remember we've had the uh, cross with him every year that uh, he's been involved in Parks Victoria, sharing the love. So bringing together community groups to talk about what they do and most likely you, if you're listening, what your group does as well. So um, just wanted to you know big marinara. Thank you, hug, salute. Thank you so much, Mark, for everything that you've done over all these years. He can't retire from Radio Marinara, though. That's a lifetime gig, yeah. Well, I did send him a little message and say, if you want to start your media career, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just give us a little message. We'll get it moving. Thank you, Mark, very much, and um, for everything that you've done. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Now, a few weeks ago, Dr. Rob Brander, a.k.a. Dr. Rip, joined us on Radio Marinara to talk about his new book, Dr. Rip's Essentials Beach Book. It's a fantastic book packed with information about surf, sand and beach safety. And by the way, it makes an excellent Christmas gift. So now that summer has kicked off, do you know the main risks when you head off to the beach? Do you know how to spot a rip? And do you know that there are different types of rips? What about other beach and ocean hazards? Let's ask the expert himself, bringing his soft top five safety tips for getting onto the beach and and into the sea over the summer weeks ahead. It's with great pleasure. We welcome back to Triple R, Dr. Rob Brander, a.k.a. Dr. Rip. Good morning, Dr. Rip. Yeah, good morning. Hey, great to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Thanks for calling me again. Yeah. Now, uh, first up, you're dialing in from Sydney this morning, or we're dialing you. What's the uh, what's the beach weather like there today? Uh, it's, it's a bit mediocre. Yesterday was super hot, and it was glorious in the water. It was clean. It was small waves. It was perfect. Today we had to suddenly come in. It's a bit, it's a bit dismal. Um, 
So I'm going to go in anyway, but, but it's not as good as it could be. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I've just come back from two weeks on the New South Wales South Coast. It was extremely humid. I don't remember it being kind of that humid at this time of the year normally. Has it been yeah. like that in Sydney? Yeah, we've, it's been pretty humid the last few weeks, and then it sort of ramps up in this crazy hot day, and then you get a change. But it, it has been more humid than, uh, than previous years for yeah. whatever reason. All right, so let's get right into it. We're speaking about your book and, and your expertise in spotting risks when you go to the beach and into the sea and how you manage those risks. What would be the top risks that we should really be mindful of when we're heading off to the beach? Well, the top risk, for sure, if you go to a beach, is, is pretty much rip currents. It has to be. And really, if you think about beach, not all beaches have rip currents. If you think of a surf beach, any beach that's got breaking waves or you can ride a buoy board or a surfboard or whatever, those beaches are going to have rip currents. And that's pretty much most of the beaches. You could draw a line through the middle of Australia and pretty much every beach to the south of that is pretty much a surf beach. And they've got rip currents, not all the time, but most of the time. Yeah, so that's really interesting in itself that the currents come and go. Um, what what determines that? It's really about the, uh, you know, the beaches are dynamic. So as waves change, the sand is always moving. So the, the configuration of sandbars is always changing a little bit. So that's really what controls it. And, and most rips sit in these deep channels between the, the sandbars. And once they get locked in place, they can be there for days, weeks, and even months. But then you get a bit of a storm and the sand shifts around and, and all those rips disappear, which is great. But I would say that, for the most part on a surf beach, you've probably got these channelized rips about 80% of the time, so most of the time. And and then you also get rip currents at, at, against headlands and against structures like groins and jetties and piers, and those are there almost all the time. So you don't always get rips, but most of the time you do. Yeah, I find um, down the coast too, uh, the lifesavers always move the flags. So uh, I guess that's an indication that the rip is changing all the time and you can't be uh, assured that it's going to be in the one spot. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good that you mentioned that because I, there's a tendency, I think, sometimes at least where I am in New South Wales, the flags go in place and they stay there. Yeah. And and sometimes during the day you can see that there's a rip developing over here, or maybe the waves are a bit small. So I think there should be a bit more thought put into you can actually move the flags around as conditions change, particularly with the tide going up and down. So that's good that they're doing that um, because definitely around low tide the rips are firing, whereas in high tide it's not such a big deal. But they they can shift around. You get these things called flash rip currents, and, and they just pop up sporadically, and it might be because the waves are being focused at a particular area on the beach. Um, but if you've got lifeguards picking that up, that's great. Dr. Rip, it's Rexy. It's, um, what is the actual mechanism? Is it the, the wave coming in and the water being dragged out that causes, causes the rips? Pretty much. It's pretty simple. Um, when waves break, the water piles up, right? Uh, you can't see it, but it piles up a little bit. And where the waves aren't breaking as much, the water's not piling up. So the water's always going to flow from where the waves are breaking to where it's not breaking. And, and that's usually these deeper sections, these deeper channels. And that, that's what triggers rip flow. And you're right, when the waves break, all that white water is, is piling up and bringing water to the beach, and it's got to go back out somehow. So rips are one mechanism to get it out it's not the only mechanism but because they often sit in these channels they're forced and they're squeezed and they're flowing fast i think it's also important to mention that um if you go to a beach one day and there's no rip and i think this is one thing that some people get into this sense of security that they've gone to the beach there's no rip there there's an assumption that that's not a rip beach whereas that's not necessarily the case 
That's right. I mean, you could go to Bondi Beach, um, just a local example, but and there's no rips. But like I said, 80% of the time there are rip currents there. So you can't be complacent about that sort of thing. Beaches do change and conditions change um, quite quickly as well. Um, so this has got a, a, a lot more publicity over recent years, but I think it's really important for um, our listeners who are listening because you never know who's maybe heard this information and who haven't. The, the obvious question, how do you spot a rip? Yep, so there's different types of rips, which makes it a bit tricky, but the most common one is the one that sits in this deep channel between shallow sandbanks. And deeper water is always darker. Um, waves don't break as much in deeper water, so they look like these green caps, like paths going out through the white water. And they might be 5, 10, 20 meters wide. And if you go to a beach, you look up and down, you spend a few minutes, and if you see these persistent narrow green gaps heading out through the white water, that's, that's your rip current. And also, rips are taking water offshore, waves are bringing it towards the beach, so the water comes together and often makes a sort of bumpy, ripply surface. The texture looks different. And I guess also, um, a lot of these channelized rips, like, like I said, they can stay in the same place for weeks, and they carve out this bowl along the beach. So if you look along the beach, and you've got this fairly straight shoreline, and then you've got this big embayment in the beach, I bet there's a rip current heading off from that. So there's all these visual clues, but then you get these things called flash rips, which are just sudden rips that form, a couple of big waves break, you know, the water piles up and boom, you get this rip going out. They're not in the channel. They are just water and turbulent clouds of sand heading offshore, and that's what you're looking for, these plumes of sand heading offshore. So if, if I'm swimming at the beach and I'm stuck in a rip, Dr. Rip, what do I do? Yeah, the, the, best, the best thing, I think, the industry-wide, globally, the best thing to do is just float. If you're in a rip, the rip is taking you for a ride. That's all it's doing. It's not pulling you under... And, you know, it's not taking the shark infested waters or across the ocean. And there's a really good chance that that rip is going to recirculate eventually back in the shallow water. But if you're floating, you're conserving your energy, right? Um, and that's giving you an opportunity to signal for help, which is the thing you have to do. I mean, if you need help, so many people, for whatever reason, don't signal for help. It could be embarrassment, whatever. But you got to signal for help. And if there's lifeguards or lifesavers around or surfers, you know, they'll come and get you. Yeah, the best quote I heard of yours, Dr. Rip, is that rips don't drown people, people drown in rips. And, and that's, that's the difference. It's that mindset that once you've lost control and you're in a rip and you're being pulled out is just to, to maintain that sense of calm. That's right, because panic can take over so quickly. Um, panic's a pretty, I mean, I don't know the psychology and physiology of panic, but you can start, you can go from a situation where you're just fine and then in 30 seconds you're freaking out and you're going under the water and you're panicking because it affects your breathing and everything. So, you know, I think I got that quote from Bruce Hopkins from Bondi Rescue and, it, and it's so true, right? Rips are just taking you for a ride. Yeah. It's how you react it is the difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've got a minute or two left. I'm just wondering if you've got any other safety tips for our listeners when they are heading off to the beach this summer. I think the biggest tip, and this applies, you know, this, the, the obvious one is always swim between the red and yellow flags, right, which we hear all the time, and, and you should do, but it's not always an option. The best thing to do at any beach you go to is to stop and take a few minutes and think about beach safety, right? Think about the conditions. Are the conditions too big for you? Are the waves too big? Are there rips around? Do you know what rips are? Maybe there's lifeguards further down the beach. But, but think about the hazards, right? And, and think about if something were to go wrong, what would you do? Like, who would you contact? Do you have mobile phone reception? 
Um, is there something on the beach that's floating? Like if you need to go in, let's say your your child gets in trouble and you want to go in and help them, you have to bring a flotation device. So when you get to the beach, just look around. Maybe there's a family that's got boogie boards and stuff, but it's so important to have a plan. And and I think the other thing, too, is if you are, if you do find yourself on a beach that's got no lifeguards and there's no one around, not even surfers, you don't go in, right? You just don't go in. And I can't emphasize that enough. Um, so I think it's really about just people thinking. You don't cross the road without um, looking both ways, and you should never go to a beach without spending some time thinking about beach safety. Yeah, that's an excellent note to end on, excellent safety tip. Um, and just to promote your book again, Doc, Dr. Rip's Essential Beach Book, we've put a link to that on our uh, Facebook page already from the last time you were in, uh, but have, have done that again. So I um, really strongly recommend if you're out there listening that you get yourself a copy of this book because it's really good. It's got everything there that you need to know. Um, thanks, Dr. Rip. Uh, have a wonderful um, Christmas, end of year, and um, thanks for joining us again, and hopefully we'll catch up with you in 2024. Yeah, I hope so, and I hope that everyone has a real real safe holidays and, and that they visit the beach and enjoy them and come home safe. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. Catch you soon. Thank you. Okay, bye, bye for bye. now. Dr. Rip there, also known as Dr. Rob Brander. Yeah, good advice, and also, like, use the surfers out there too. Guys in the surfboards must rescue so many people year in, year out, and not get anything. So uh, if you are in trouble, yeah, look for a surfer too and give a yell out. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. It's with very great pleasure we are now crossing live to Antarctica to Davis Station to catch up with Cliff Davis. Good morning, Cliff. Hey, good morning, guys. <laughs> hey, God. How are you folks doing up there? We're doing pretty well. Up there, I know. That doesn't happen many. That doesn't happen much when, you, when you're in Melbourne. Yeah, we're good. How are you doing? Oh, fabulous. Uh, very early here. Yeah, it's I know. It's 5.30 yet. Yeah. <laughs> Time to go to bed. The things we do for science. Yeah, that's right. It's all about science. That's um, that's brilliant. And um, our listeners can't see this. We'll um, we'll try and get a screenshot of you um, looking uh, fabulous in your reindeer antlers, Cliff. <laughs> the things we have lying around the office. Right, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you go down there a lot over summer. Have, are you noticing any changes in terms of you know the amount of coverage of snow and weather in general, and particularly over the years that you've been? Um, heading down there? Yes, yes. Um, this year, we weren't sure if we were even going to do a resupply over the um, ice when we got here in November. Um, yeah, and the ice is all blown out. I don't know much of the records, but from previous years and what others have seen, very little snow and ice. We're normally working quite a bit to clear the station, so, um, you know, get in the containers, get... Uh, summer projects, maintenance work, all that kind of stuff done. There's been no snow clearing at all this year. Yeah, wow. That's pretty insane. Uh, I've just been... Mm, yeah, so, it's, um, I've just been strolling around there for three days in the best folds and a lot of um, uh, blizzards or, you know, it's one of the driest, uh, most snow-free areas down here in the Antarctic, mm. the best folds. There's very little out. There was always a lot still, but um, nada, actually. Wow. So that so, makes it 
makes it a lot easier for you? Like uh, you got a bit extra free time to uh, do a few things? No. Still Unfortunately busy. not. Uh, means there's less time clearing snow, more time working, and there are um, trips off station or just uh, is a lot harder. The sea ice down here at Davis is like highways. So for R&R and uh, just going out off station a little it's gone, zero. Yeah. So there's a lot of trudging. And the vehicles don't travel too well on the rocky terrain we have. Wind. So, yeah. Cliff, That's just... That's the Dutch Dutch. Really. We know the answer to this question, but for <laughs> our listeners, um, why are you down there? Why do you go down to Antarctica? And, and I guess at a personal level, why do you go down so often? Oh, personal level? Um, I think many... I know. 15 odd years ago, I just wanted to do what my dad did in the 60s, is go to Macquarie Island. And um, that's it. I fell in love with the place. I thought, oh, well, I'll beat him. And then they asked me to come back. And I've essentially been on the ice ever since, coming down <laughs> the last 15 years. So that's, yeah, I've, I've fallen in love with it. And, and you're, uh, it's you're tough, it's hard. You're a boilermaker. What does that involve? What's it? What's a, an average well, day look like? For welding you? steel. Yep. Well, it's yeah, welding steel. You know, basically construction, helping the rest of the um, trades groups around here. Uh, it's not big, heavy structural steel that I'm used to back in the world, but yeah. So I'm a good all-rounder labourer, I suppose, if you want to put that way. Driving plants. Um, at the moment, I'm working this season. I'm working with Starlink uplift team so um putting better com- comms into into the place yeah right yeah. and more social media i don't know about that but anyway i've noticed cliff on our uh, social media they're asking for people to apply to uh, go down to antarctica uh, would you have any uh, tips if anyone's thinking of doing that it's well worth it yeah uh, you know i can be flipping it and say you're getting some of your taxes back you're a welfare recipient if, um it's hard work. I mean, it's the work isn't that hard, I suppose. It's the challenges of dealing with the environment and all the remoteness and leaving family and friends, all those um, those communities back home, yeah, networks, etc. That's the hard bit. Um, personally, I've got better at it over the years. Does it mean I've lost it? Then. <laughs> The interactions back home have dropped a bit, but yeah, I feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, we wanted to ask you about what Christmas Day looks like in Antarctica, but particularly at um, Davis Station where, where you are with your crew. What, what have you got planned? Is it something, I'm assuming it's something that's celebrated? I probably shouldn't make that assumption, but but what do you do um, over the holiday period and, and on Christmas Day? For Christmas. You're going to go to the North Pole for Christmas. You're going to go to the North Pole. Well, I think a lot of newbies down here this year, and I, th- I think they're praying for some snow <laughs> so they can at least have like Christmas, but... Uh, it's not looking too good for that. Uh, there is a Santa. Someone has uh, been volunteered <laughs> to dress up and play Santa. And uh, we do a Kris Kringle and they are decorations and that. It's, um, yeah, so 
we all pass gifts around in the morning and there's a nice brunch and uh, those who want to indulge, I'm sure there's some a few beverages around the place and uh, it's a nice it's a nice sit down and a lot of us uh, get nicely dressed up for dinner. You'd be pretty bummed though. You'd be pretty bummed that you're not getting a white Christmas in Antarctica, though. Yeah. <laughs> of all the places, I yeah. Know. Uh, it's, guaranteed. <laughs> it's kind of ironic, isn't it? You see what one, yeah. No, there are, that's the thing. There are a lot of newbies down this year. I think their uh, recruitment process has been, you know, been working well, considering how many newbies there are down here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of... Don't get to uh, travel on ice. There's a lot of things they don't get to see that we, a lot of us just took for granted, and it's happening so quick. It's um, hopefully you know, it might uh, get them going to come down next year. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Hey, uh, Cliff, before we go, mm. uh, it's a good opportunity for us to give a plug to David Bridie, I believe, is doing um, a Christmas show special um, from, uh, not from Davis, but from Mawson Station, I believe. So, yeah, Christmas show at Triple R will be broadcast from Antarctica as well. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. We, maybe you'll be able to, to listen in um, to David's show on Christmas Day. Oh, they're, they're an hour behind me again. So we're four hours <laughs> behind you. I think they're far. <laughs> well, I think it's in the afternoon, so, so you should be right. Some of us still be up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, brilliant. Look, um, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been fantastic catching up with you. Um, and uh, all the best for the next six weeks while we're not on air. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you're when, – when are you coming back? Uh, early March. I oh, okay. Be back in April. I hope to be in Melbourne in April. Yeah, great. So, All right. Yeah. Well, we'll um catch up. We'll aim to catch up with you in uh, in February uh, while you're still down there and um and check out what's been happening over um over the summer months. And uh, yeah, we will. Thanks for joining us, Cliff. It's been um, wonderful speaking with you. And um, yeah, look, have a have a have a great Christmas. Have a great summer, and uh, we'll catch up with you in the New Year. Right back at you. Merry okay. Christmas, Happy New Year. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Cliff. Good on you. Bye. All right. Fantastic stuff. Um, all right. That was Cliff Davis, if you've just joined in. Um, joining us from Davis Station, talking about uh, summer down in Antarctica and particularly plans for Christmas Day. Triple. Ah. Uh, all right, um, let's uh, take a look at what's going on over the summer. We've got Ben Francischelli online joining us via Skype. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. How are we doing today? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? I'm excellent. It's a beautiful day today. I'm really excited to get outside and just not be behind a desk, to be honest. So yeah. it should be nice. Excellent. <laughs> um, we're, uh, we've got kind of about seven minutes to cover uh, quite a few things. So I thought we might kick off with you, given that you've joined us online. Um, what's coming up for you over summer? Uh, well, this Thursday, I've got a segment on Radio National ABC at 3.30, if you're tuning in at all, where I'm going to be talking about the origin of the bunyip, which should be a very fun one to talk about with Jacinta Parsons. I'm quite excited about it. So uh, delving into kind of the paleontology of the past, what could that animal have possibly looked like? Is there any connection with any creature that may have existed in the late 1800s as well? So that'll be really exciting. 
Um, I've personally got a hell of a lot on in terms of the dives for the rest of the summer as well. So there's a very whatever we can find. Uh, from now up until uh, June, we can potentially put into the exhibition that I'm organising, which is very exciting. Now, and, um, if um, people are wondering about the exhibition, this is at Bayside, which is um, all set for the middle of next year. That's correct, yep. So it'll be late June next year. It's called Prehistoric Bayside, so everything's gearing up and getting ready for it. There's going to be a whole bunch of events that are ready, but that'll be in the winter, so we've still got a huge amount of time. I don't have any talks booked unless somebody would like to book me and can hear me right now on this radio station, (laughs) but that's perfectly fine. Uh, But if you want to look for me, just go down to the beach at some point and you'll see my shaggy head basically coming out of the water and... uh, Feel free to give me a bit of a chat if you feel like it, if you found anything of interest at the beach. You know, you can come up, you can chat to me. Potentially we can put whatever you find at the beach in the exhibition as well because I think that would be really cool. Yeah, when, so, lo- when you say the beach, there's lots of beaches. So we're talking about Bayside in particular. You're kind of going to be hanging around the Ricketts Point by Morris area? Correct, yeah. Beaumaris, Black Rock, Ricketts Point. You'll probably see my silhouette in the water an awful lot in my little red bag that floats at the surface that follows me every single dive. So that'll be really nice. Um, I've got a number of specimens I need to prepare for the exhibition as well. And uh, one of them is this fantastic uh, arm bone of the largest flying bird that ever existed called Pelagornis. So that's going to take a bit of time to do, but just literally sit down behind a microscope and slowly scrape away the sediment so we can put it for, up for the exhibition. That, that'll that be really cool. I'm looking forward to doing that this summer as well. Brilliant. Hey, thanks, Ben. Um, I'm now going to throw to Neil, uh, our baykeeper, to have a, have a bit of a chat to everyone about what's coming up for you over summer months, Neil. Well, uh, I... I have to give a plug to the Coast Care Summer by the Sea program. I'll be doing five shoreline shell surveys at various sites around the bay. But uh, right across Victoria, though, there are 67 different activities. Oh, wow. Uh, so if people will go online and uh, just search for Summer by the Sea 2024 to find those various activities. They're free. Uh, you do need to book, though, online. So it's definitely well worth a look. There's a, quite a number of which have been including... Uh, welcome to country ceremonies and uh, and uh, sort of uh, beach rambles. So that be really interesting connections with uh, First First Nations people. Yeah, wonderful. So Summer by the Sea, uh, 67 activities yeah, coming up. Between you, you, January you, the 6th and the 28th, so yep. they're, they're spread across the, the month of January. Great. Uh, but right across the coast of Victoria, and quite a few in Port Phillip Bay. Though. Which ones will you be doing now? Uh, well, um, I'm doing a shoreline cell survey at St Kilda uh, and Frankston and Rye uh, and uh, Altona and Williamstown on different dates. Yeah, great. So it'd be wonderful if you're uh, listening and you want to take part in Neil. Yeah, it's great, it's great fun. You know, yeah. It's a good way to get to know your beach. Take a fresh look at it and find out things you might not have thought about. You yep. just didn't notice before when you actually start looking a bit closely. Yeah, great. Kid-friendly? Yeah, very kid-friendly. I find that they're the best shell hunters. Yeah, excellent. Uh, They're closer to the sand. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, All right, um, Rex, anything that you want to let our listeners know about? Uh, Well, yes, we've got a couple of targets we want to check out. One's off Port Melbourne, which I found a few years ago. Uh, Also, we need to get back down the bottom of the bay to uh, check out the Janet, which we found about two years ago. 
And the, check out see if the Tommy Dodds emerge from the mud. Yeah, brilliant. So, yeah. We'll be able to report back on that when we're back on air in February. Yeah, it's full dance card. Yeah, yes, indeed. <laughs> and Cabin Boy? Uh, I'll be hanging out down at Phillip Island, but um, if you're uh, into sailing or you want to get involved, just just pop into any of the local uh, yacht clubs close to you and uh, they're always offering um, opportunities to get out on boats. They're uh, often doing a, uh, a schooling for the kids. So, uh, yeah, if you are interested, and it's a good thing to get the kids into too because it's quite disciplined and that. So just pop into any of the yacht clubs and just ask around and I'm sure you'll get onto a boat. Excellent. Uh, I've got a couple to quickly mention. One is uh, Youth Seaweed Art Workshop. So thanks to Zoe Britton who sent this one our way, learning about seaweed and the traditional uses of seaweed in Aboriginal culture. It's on Tuesday the 9th and Wednesday the 10th of January from 10 till 3 each day for ages 7 till 15. So really great one for the kids. Uh, limited p- um, places available. We'll put a link to that on our Facebook page. Thanks so much, Zoe, for sending that one through. And that's with the Wotherong Aboriginal original co-op so um we'll talk to zoe a lot more next year about um the work that she's been doing uh but uh with with seaweed um education in particular looking forward to talking about that and in in general because as we all know seaweed is the latest thing everyone's talking about seaweed um and another quick plug for the uh disabled surfers association um this one is for february but it's not long after we uh come back on air so help us put smiles on dials 4th of feb uh and the 3rd of march at ocean grove um so they're looking for volunteers volunteers and also participants so you can register at uh, at www.disabledsurfers.org um, we'll put a link to that on our Facebook page as well last thing I wanted to mention quickly and I'm really just going to direct you to our Facebook page for all the deets but we've reviewed some amazing books this year on Radio Marinara and uh, recommend them all for you for reading or for gift giving and um, we mentioned Dr Bit. Um, Rips Beach Essentials. We've got our own Jeff Maynard's um, The Frontier Below, which is being republished shortly uh, to uh, include some new information. So looking um, forward to hearing about that, actually, when Jeff comes back next year. Um, Also, uh, Sandy Winterbottom, her book, (laughs) uh, Two-Headed Whale, which we uh, spoke with Sandy about only a few weeks ago. Um, So lots of great books out there, and we'll put the links to that on our Facebook page. So check that one out. Melbourne's own. And without further ado, we're going to cross now to Myra and Cara to see out the year uh, to, yeah, talk about diving and snorkelling over summer. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. morning. So glad you're both there because you've just disappeared off the camera and we can't actually see you. So um, we're just going to hope for the best here. Um, Zoom trying to do an an auto upgrade and we've we've lost your visuals, but we've got your your audio and that's the most important thing. Um, Great to see you both together, it was, (laughs) before you disappeared off the screen. Let's get straight to it. Um, Snorkeling and diving over summer, what do you recommend for our listeners? Oh, look, I've just come back from up north and I was really looking forward to coming back to because, you know, we have the beautiful peninsula and you can go either side. So if the weather's bad on one side, as we know, you can go on the other side. Often you can't do that up north as much. <laughs> so I've been looking forward to coming back and diving summer. Yeah, depending upon your experience, there are a lot of different dive sites to hit. Um, don't discount the dive sites close to the city, especially with the cost of petrol and parking and things like that on the peninsula now. Check out port, um, check out Jawbone, Ricketts, um, Ricketts Point, also, dis- don't discount the Ballerine Peninsula over the other side. Um, Cottage by the Sea, St Leonard's, um, you've got, a, got the ozone wreck over there as well. Um, but also then for the more experienced divers, there's a lot of back beaches to hit up as well. Um, I'm, I'm definitely looking at hitting up 16th Beach and spending a bit more time out at Sorrento Amphitheatre. 
and, uh, and also a few little sneaky spots around the bay, like Rosebud, um, Bird Rock. <laughs> and, and also get on the boats, like jump on the boats, support the local boat operators, because um, if we don't sort of put bums on seats, they're not going to be around next season or the season after to enjoy all of the epic diving that Melbourne has to offer. Yes, yeah, super important to support um, the the dive industry and what better time than over the summer. If you had to pick your top sort of three or four dive spots, which which ones, you've mentioned a few of them, but if what, what would be your go-tos? Let's start with some peers. I think the one we're at right now is Flinders. comes <laughs> <laughs> in the top. Yeah. Yeah. Flinders Pier, I mean, internationally, it is, it, it is an internationally, uh, it's a pre- renowned site, it's a premier dive site for the Victorian dive scene. Um, Blair Gowrie, if you're ever unsure about what the weather might do, head to Blair Gowrie. It's a pretty, it, it, it's a sure thing. Uh, Rye at the moment is offering some really amazing diving as well. Um, there is still shore entry, I believe, uh, because of the works that are still underway at Rye. But the shore entry at Rye is beautiful, even in the really shallow waters there. Ideal for snorkelling. There is so much to see in, you know, a metre and a half of water. Um the, the other night exiting where I was diving, I had put all my camera gear away and I got buzzed by a seal. Amazing. In- I'm so sorry, Mara. We, we have to cut you guys off. It. Um, look, it's been wonderful having you both with us this year and it's my deepest apologies we've cut you with so little time. But I'm um, looking forward to catching up with you regularly through 2024. Thank you for everything yeah. this year. And uh, most importantly, thank you to the listeners for listening. Yeah, definitely. And an excellent note to end on. Thanks, Myra. Thanks, Cara. We'll catch you soon. Thanks, team. Bye. Bye. Um, yeah, quick thanks to everyone here in the studio. Cabin Boy, Neil, Rex, thank Rachel, on. thank you very much. Thanks to David, who's had this show up regularly as a podcast throughout the year. Um, thanks to Elizabeth and to Lou, who have been uh, helping us with um, Talks production uh, throughout the year as well. Um, thanks to all the Triple R staff. And uh, particularly, yeah, as Myra just said, thanks to you for listening to our program throughout the year. Um, stay safe, get out there, have a great summer, and uh, we look forward to catching you in 2024. Hi, this is Bron Burton. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page.